As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning, that it's not suitable for children, and it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast, so Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Our guest on Australian True Crime today is Lauren. 
She brings a perspective on the criminal justice system, particularly the punishment of sex offenders, that I think many of us will struggle with, but she's anything but misinformed. Not only is Lauren an academic with decades of research in the field, who currently teaches criminology at an Australian university, but she's also a victim of several sexual assaults dating back to her childhood. Lauren's thoughts on sexual assault, sex offenders, and pursuing these matters through the legal system are often at odds with the messaging you'll usually hear on this show. But we think she deserves to be heard, not least because there's no doubt she speaks for a group of survivors who aren't often represented in the conversation. Before we get to Lauren's story, though, I asked her to explain a bit about the study of criminology. I know a number of you have studied or are studying criminology as we speak, and I often wish I had, I must confess. But I don't think I really know what criminology entails. Criminology is a social science. It, it looks at the why, what, who, where of crime. It explains victimisation. It explains why offending happens. So I actually started in a music degree. Yeah, right. I got into uh, uni at around that 15 mark and I just, I needed to go back to school. I was homeschooled in, in my secondary education, so I need to go back, needed to go back to school to get my HSE. Why was that? Why were you, why were you homeschooled? So um, my dad had a, uh, a mental health breakdown when I was about 12 years old and uh, I was going to school in Newcastle. So it was an hour and a half bus trip either way. And it was just with everything that happened, you know, I mean, finances obviously came into it, right? Like dad wasn't able to work anymore. So he he pretty much slept close to 16 hours a day oh, for, for months. So yeah, where did you flip from music, swimming and from the, all that stuff into criminology? I kind of think it always was, you know, I, I mean, because of my, you know, have my dad's mental health issues, which I uh, also uh, inherited. <laughs> Thanks, dad. I needed to understand myself in that way. And I needed to understand where my boundaries were. And I was also trying to figure out how that fit in society. Because for much of my life, and even to, to this point in time, being an introvert who is highly sensitive, who likes her own time, I see myself as someone who's a, a square peg, you know, fitting in a round hole. So if I may ask, I know that there were assaults that happened to you when, when you were younger and I, and I believe when you were a teenager. So I'm wondering how they connect with the criminology. It's why I suppose I was really interested in criminology. I, I probably started being interested in victimology. I, I wanted to understand why me. <laughs> I, I felt really targeted uh, because there had been three separate instances. You know, the first one happened when I was 13, 14. The second one was around that 14 mark. And then the, the last one was in my, in my later teens. I was part of a, a youth group. There was a couple of boys in the youth group who uh, didn't have control over their hormones who were, because this was the other issue that, that I had. And I was constantly told that although I was 13, 14, from that young age, I looked like I was 17, 18. 
I was tall. I was as tall as I am now, so almost 5'10". I, I had these double D cup boobs, right, had really long blonde hair and I was working. <laughs> I wasn't at school, right? I'd been in an adult world and, and so I had social skills and an air about me that was more mature. And looking back now, I, I think absolutely my mum was right and people uh, uh, around me in the church were right in that these boys weren't realising. It wasn't, wasn't correlating that I was as young as I was. They were just looking with their eyes. So when this bloke showed up at youth group, yeah, so I was kind of more of a, an educative prop, really. I mean, he he would have been grooming. He was only really new. Like, I didn't really know him. It was probably the first couple of times. So when I talk about being an educative prop, I'm talking about I was being groomed. The adult never... Uh, touched me himself. He was encouraging the other boys. It was it was more voyeuristic on his part, uh, and so would I suppose get enjoyment out of uh, telling the boys or or encouraging them uh, and watching them uh, touch me. Unfortunately, uh, he did offend again, and he did receive uh, punishment. Right, He was tried uh, in the criminal justice system and, and went to jail uh, for that offence. I just got such a bad feeling. I refused to go to church after that. I, I just wouldn't go. He's probably the one that I really think that, yep, okay, there needed to be some sort of punitive punishment. Mm -hmm. Having said that, though, I don't know his story. Why you? Why do you care about his story? Like, he assaulted you, so why are you worried about his story? I just hurt people, hurt people. So now you've got your criminology hat on. It, I've probably got my bleeding heart on. Yeah, you have. You really have. Because yeah. uh, that hurt person hurt you. A Thirteen-year-old girl who's like at her youth group. That was yeah. the most innocent place to be in the world. And he not only hurt you there, but he took it from you. You never even went, you stopped going. Yeah, very true. I didn't tell my parents originally when it happened for a few months, but then when I kind of got the courage, and I, I think I got the courage because the other incident happened with someone else and, again, they were 16, 17 and I was again told that, you know, kind of, oh, it's not computing that you're only 13, 14. And I, you know, my mother sent me on an errand and I went to the house and uh, it was this young man or boy that was home and, again, had I reciprocated or, you know, I mean, the only difference between sexual harassment and a romantic gesture is whether you want it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But it was just like, I just, you know, this person was coming into my space and I didn't know what to do. And, and I, I'm a bit of a freezer and it was, you know, kind of just grabbed me, you know, led me to the couch, kind of sat me down and, and tried to kiss me basically. 
but in and you know that that's the criminologist Lauren looking at it right but in the time all I felt was someone is grabbing me they're making me do something that I don't want to do and I just I didn't know how to respond I I just had no idea and again so it was a there was a confirmation bias that was happening as well like okay so it must be me I'm pretty sure that you know mum and dad both asked what's wrong or what's going on or what's happening and you know, I, I certainly didn't come out with it, but, you know, I would, <laughs> I was always that kid that gave little bits of information and they had to put the puzzle together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally it was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know what happened, but we're not talking about it ever again. <laughs> really? Did they not? No. That would have been more me than anything else. I felt I just wanted to move on. And ironically, by not talking about it, I failed to move on <laughs> because I failed to deal with it. Did they go to the church and did they tell on him? I believe there might have been a small conversation. I'm very aware that the people who I spoke to and, and the people who were, I suppose, for want of a better word, in charge are still to this day do not take responsibility uh-huh. um, or acknowledge what occurred. You know, I I think he was let down as well, to be quite honest, by the institution uh, and by the people because the the scenario that occurred, it increased the risk. It absolutely did. Uh, And I had my own risk factors, you know, like me being homeschooled, you know, the weird homeschooled kid and dad being unwell. That absolutely impacted uh, we talk about in criminology, we talk about a routine activity theory. So you've got to have a willing offender or a motivated offender, a suitable target, and you've got to have it, it, the absence of capable guardians, right? So people who are watching a dog, security cameras, locks, all those kind of things. Uh, and so, you know, while my dad was around, he was dealing with his own stuff. Mum was overwhelmed my sister was pretty young. I was fairly mature from an offender's point of view or from someone who's looking for an opportunity, right? That makes me a suitable target. For me and and for others, the the risk of victimisation increases with each time you are victimised, which is really crap. (laughs) Isn't it? You know, I, I think those two experiences led me into when, when I was raped, I think that contributed to that situation. If you would like to speak to someone about the issues we're talking about today, you can call the 1800 Respect National Helpline on 1800 737 732 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To explain where I come from, right, in terms of, so why do we punish? We punish to stop behavior, to keep the community safe. And to let others know, you know, it's a deterrent aspect. You know, I I don't actually think retribution really should come into it. This eye for an eye thing, I don't think it really has a place. What does it achieve? It doesn't achieve anything. For me, the goal is to to make the world a safer place, to stop victimisation. Does prison do that? Does punitive punishment do that? No. So... Even though this person has engaged in criminal behaviour and, you know, raped somebody, the act of them going to jail is not going to help them. It's going to make it worse. They're more likely to reoffend. I encourage more than anything is having a conversation. Restorative justice, as hard as that is, is so powerful my final or the last victimised, it's certainly not the last time I've been victimised, but I, I certainly think about it differently. When I was raped, you know, I was at a party. The conversation that I had with the person over the breaking of the boundaries, of, of my boundaries, I know, I know that was enough for him. So you spoke to that third attacker, did you? Yeah, I did. To the actual rapist, right? Okay. Now I know that there's married, they're married with a family, girls of their own. Mm -hmm. And I know, I really know in my heart that there was a complete understanding of what had happened an understanding that I had been violated, an understanding that that it was not okay. He wasn't a predator. The label of predator, I, don't, I really don't think that most 
that a lot of these people, don't get me wrong, there are absolutely people who are very intentional and they they have an end goal. They yeah. they want to get to, to that point. But I don't believe that of most people. Okay. There are two categories, I suppose, and, and there are those that go, you know, let, let's rape somebody. Yeah. And that is exactly the word they use. Yeah. Absolutely right. Like it's so minute though. But then there is the other category that goes, let's have sex tonight. Now, the way they do that can be problematic and that can result in rape, that can result in criminal behaviour. But I, I still think it doesn't make it right. Absolutely not. But I just think that these people, the majority of people who are in these situations, they made an error. But I actually think for me, part of my ability to heal was acknowledging my part. People really struggle with me saying this right, but I'm quite a flirtatious drunk. Like I am really, I am very flirty drunk. And while that doesn't excuse the behaviour in, in any or the crime in any way, shape or form, that increased my victimisation risk. I found it very difficult when I was told, you know, it wasn't, it's, it's not your fault that, you know, no one asks to be raped. This never should have happened. And I, I absolutely agree. But we live in a world that's not perfect. There is a reality that there are things, there are protective mechanisms that we can put in place. And there are behaviours and contexts that increase and decrease our victimisation risk. I'm very passionate about changing perceptions and because I have the experience that I do but I also don't believe in, in the punitive punishments, you know, I, I like to challenge people in that way and, and to, to help people to reassess what they think and it might just help someone deal with their trauma, it might just help somebody and you know what, maybe if there's a bit more forgiveness in the world, recognition that we're all screw-ups. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean that there's no accountability. We need accountability. But one thing that I think we don't do well is we don't do compassion mm. and we don't do forgiveness. I really get so disheartened by what I see in the media, what I, what I hear my students say sometimes you know, like coming in and throw him away and lock away the key and now he's, he's evil and he's scum. We like to categorise people, right, into offenders and victims. There's just one category, victims. Hurt people hurt people. Thank you to our guest, Lauren. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or contact 1800RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 139276 or 13yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.